if the religious people of the last 2,021 years had listened to the words of this parable. How many wars wouldn't have been fought? How many people wouldn't have been killed, tortured, imprisoned, shamed, cast out, raped, abused, stolen from, enslaved, and so many other atrocities. The world would be an entirely different place today if just this one single parable had been acknowledged and applied to our church beliefs. Welcome to the I Will Be Your Church podcast, Virtual Sanctuary. Be strengthened today with the truth of God's love so that you can say to your families, your friends, your co-workers, and your social media worlds, I will be your church. Your host for today's episode is Joanna Church. Today's parable is one that Jesus shared immediately following the parable of the sower sows the word, which we talked about in great detail in our Seed and Soil Week episodes on days 35 through 40, if you would like to go back and revisit those or even listen to them for the first time. Jesus calls that parable essential to understand because it is the key to unlocking and understanding all of his parables. That's important to point out here because he has already explained to his disciples that when he is talking about the farmer, he is referring to himself in his parables. So here we have the farmer, which is Jesus, going out and planting seeds in the soil of the world. But now in this new parable, he is saying his seeds are the people of the kingdom, or basically people who choose to follow him. In this new story, There are three other characters introduced, the workers of the farmer, which would be the mature followers of Jesus and leaders of the church, an enemy, which would be the evil one, and the harvesters, who are the angels. So let's take a look at this parable and see what Jesus has to say. Matthew chapter 13, verses 24 through 30. Here is another story that Jesus told. The kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who planted good seed in his field. But that night, as the workers slept, his enemy came and planted weeds among the wheat. Then he slipped away. When the crop began to grow and produce grain, the weeds also grew. The farmer's workers went to him and said, Sir, the field where you planted that good seed, it's full of weeds. Where did they come from? The enemy has done this, the farmer explained. Should we pull out the weeds, the workers asked? No, he replied. If you do that, you will also uproot some wheat, too, if you try to pull the weeds out now. So let both grow together until the harvest. Then I will tell the harvesters to sort out the weeds, tie them into bundles, and burn them, and then we will put the wheat into the barn. Then, leaving the crowds outside, Jesus went into the house. His disciples said, Please explain to us the story of the weeds in the field. 
Jesus replied, The Son of Man is the farmer who plants the good seed. The field is this world, and the good seed represents the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people who belong to the evil one. The enemy who planted the weeds among the wheat is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world, and the harvesters are the angels. Just as the weeds are sorted out and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the world. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will remove from his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. And the angels will throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in their Father's kingdom. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. And that's this parable for today. All right, well, I'm just going to jump right into this one. Let's start with something that Jesus makes very plain and clear to understand in this parable that I think religious people have gotten wrong over the centuries, and it has caused more death, abuse, murder, stealing, and war than any other idea in the world, religious or secular. And that is, it is not the worker's job to try and uproot the weeds in the fields of this world. That means it's not the followers of Jesus' responsibility to tear out the people of this world that do not follow Jesus. Entire crusades were fought and inquisitions were held throughout history in an attempt by so-called religious people to try and tear out what they considered to be the weeds in the fields. And by doing that, they also ended up tearing out many wheat stalks so potential or actual Jesus followers got rooted out as well. Even though this parable explicitly says, don't do it. It is not our role in history to try and force a separation of the believers from the non-believers, no matter how hard we have tried to make it our role using politics and war. Jesus explicitly states that at the end of the world as we know it, he himself will send his heavenly workers, the angels, to expertly and precisely separate not just the people who are evil from the people who have right standing with the heavenly father, but he says they will even be able to separate out everything that causes sin or that causes evil. If you contrast this story of wheat and weeds with the parable from our prior episodes, days 35 through 40 that I referenced earlier, why it is so important to understand that previous parable is that when you look at it, you realize when he talks about the soil of our spirits being where he wants to plant the seeds of God's word, and that that soil needs to be seen as valuable. It needs to be cleared of rocks so that his words can grow deep. It needs to have the weeds and thorns pulled out so that they don't choke out his words. He is talking about a personal experience that we are supposed to be working on in the soil of our own lives. 
it is my responsibility to tear out the weeds in my own spirit, not the weeds in anyone else's. Because I can't always see my own evils and wrongdoings clearly. So how can I see that in others clearly? And if I try and root out evil in other people's lives while there is still evil in my own, I will hurt them and possibly keep them from entering the kingdom of heaven. God forbid that I ever be the person responsible for keeping someone out of the kingdom of heaven because I decided it was my place to try and uproot them spiritually, even after the Lord has commanded me not to. And every parable that Jesus shares that we have been speaking about and examining in the last couple weeks of episodes bear this truth out. He calls us to not be like the self-righteous Pharisees looking down on others who we consider sinners. He tells us not to try and pick a speck out of someone else's eye when we have a large plank in our own. He tells us that the prodigal son had to come to his own senses about the pig pen he was living in. He wasn't shamed by his father into coming back or his brother. His own actions and thoughts shamed him into seeking out forgiveness. Jesus tells us that we need to choose for ourselves which path we are going to take, the narrow path that leads to life or the wide path that leads to destruction. But he says it's an individual choice. He won't force someone to take his path. So why do we feel it's our right as his followers to try and force people onto that path? This is why it is so important to examine the Lord's teachings as a cohesive and flowing picture of his heart and his narrative and his invitation into his kingdom, because we can see that the message of Jesus was a message to the individuals who are seeking to hear their shepherd's voice. He didn't call the crowds. He called individual men and women to come follow me. And he has never concerned himself with trying to weed out the people who are choosing the wide path of the evil one in this story. Even when those people have been planted in the very fields of our churches and businesses and social media feeds. And it is so clear why he doesn't want us trying to weed them out. Because just like in the parable that Ben shared a few days ago, the story of the lost sheep where he says that God is not willing for even one of his children to be lost. He does not want us making the decision who is a wheat and who is a weed, because we might get it wrong and end up tearing out of the soil one of his children. Did you know that there are some weeds that look like wheat when they are small, and some wheat that looks like weeds when they are small. And if you don't know what you are looking for and you just start pulling, you will rip up some wheat that is not yet matured. And God says that is not okay with him. So he says instead to trust him, that he knows at the time of the harvest 
which ones are weeds and which ones are wheat. And the only person who is allowed to make that determination is the Lord Jesus himself. And the only ones who are allowed to act on his behalf to separate the weeds from the wheats at the end of this world are his spiritual workers, the angels of heaven. Imagine with me today, if the religious people of the last 2,021 years had listened to the words of this parable. How many wars wouldn't have been fought? How many people wouldn't have been killed, tortured, imprisoned, shamed, cast out, raped, abused, stolen from, enslaved, and so many other atrocities. The world would be an entirely different place today if just this one single parable had been acknowledged and applied to our church beliefs. So for today, let us be the generation that does acknowledge it and apply it. Let's now apply this parable to our own lives and in our church mission statements. Ask yourself, in our zealousness in following Jesus, just like the workers in this parables, have we been running to him, asking him to let us root out the weeds of other people's lives? How many people have we pushed away from faith and reconciliation with God because of that? How many times have we tried to legislate or force people to follow God's path just to have them totally uprooted? and their hearts hardened to ever listening to what we have to say again. How often have we been more concerned about the rocks and weeds in the spirits of the people around us than we have been with the rocks and weeds in the soil of our own spirits, which makes their claims against us of hypocrisy complete truth. Let us confess this right now to Jesus, that we ignored him when it came to this, and we chose not to listen to his teachings. And let's turn from this behavior today. Or maybe you're listening right now, and you were actually the one on the other side of this. You weren't the religious person or the follower of Jesus but you had a violent encounter with someone who says that they are a Christian. And by violent, I mean they tried to forcibly uproot you, forcibly uproot your beliefs, forcibly uproot your identity, your family, or possibly even your life. If that is you today, my name is Joanna Church. And on behalf of the Lord Jesus and on behalf of his followers who are trying to walk as he walks, I humbly and brokenheartedly say, I am sorry. That is not the heart of the Lord Jesus towards you. These actions were not the actions of his hands and his mouth or his will. And today, wherever you are hearing this, He is calling out to you saying, Just as you are, I am calling to you to come. Come follow me. Let me replant you in the soil of my kingdom. 
and let me shine my light on you and water you with the water of my spirit so that you may grow and mature into a fruitful, golden child of my kingdom. I pray over everyone listening today that we would walk in the wisdom of God and humbleness towards ourselves and towards the people in our circle of influence. I pray that we each would concern ourselves with keeping the soil of our own lives well cultivated and healthy so that we may bear the good fruit of the kingdom of God for those around us to be able to partake of it. The love, the joy, the peace, the goodness, the patience, the self-control, the faithfulness, the kindness and gentleness. Let these spiritual fruit grow in abundance in our lives today. And I pray that the broken or hardened hearts of those who have been uprooted by wrongly acting Christians would feel the anointing salve of the Holy Spirit washing over their hurts, washing over their hearts, and drawing them back into the Lord's fields. I pray this over you all in the name of our Lord Jesus. Now go, be the true church to your world. If you feel blessed by the I Will Be Your Church podcast, please subscribe so you never miss a day. And then share it with your friends. Check out our website, IWillBeYourChurch.com to learn more about us, check out Ben's blog, connect with us on social media, and become part of this church family movement.